1: Hi, I'm Ben Ferguson. Inflation is eating away at your purchasing power, risking your savings and future legacy. Now with more taxes and an unsustainable national debt and the push for central bank digital currencies, financial freedom is at stake. If you have 50,000 or more in retirement savings, you may be at risk. Freedom Gold USA is here to help you preserve and protect your wealth with physical gold and silver. Act now. Call them 1-800-655-8843. Or visit freedomgoldusa.com slash Ben to see if you qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. That's 1-800-655-8843 or freedomgoldusa.com slash Ben. Representative Tom Emmer has dropped out of the House Speaker's race hours after he was the guy in the conference that they were going to bring to the floor of the House. So what happened? Well, the GOP lawmakers are now saying that they expect that there will be another Speaker's race. But the conference, which you have to make it out of, is taking a quote-unquote brief pause What does that mean? Well, it means that we are back at square one. GOP representative Lance Gooden told CNN he expects there to be another speaker's race after the speaker doesn't need Tom Emmer dropped out. But the GOP conference is taking the pause before deciding what to do next. The Texas Republican said there's talk of potentially waiving a Kennett forum, but allowing more Kennetts to come forward. And he said it's very concerning as House Republicans continue to fail to coalesce around a speaker candidate. Which brings me to what I'm about to tell you. And I need you to understand that what I'm about to tell you, I think there's a very good chance that this could actually happen. There are people that are now saying, okay, you want to have a speaker, then you're going to go back to the former speaker, Kevin McCarthy. There is pressure that is intensifying on these House Republicans to elect a new speaker. Three weeks in, they can't get there. So now what's happening? Many of the establishment Republicans are now saying that we should just go back to Kevin McCarthy. The House remains effectively frozen. A dire situation as Congress faces a funding deadline in November and a serious crisis that is unfolding right now with Israel and their war against Hamas. Now, this is, again, what's coming out, and this could change very quickly. Quote, I suspect there will be another speaker's race, but we're talking amongst ourselves to see what that process is. We're pausing for at least 10 minutes or so to even figure out how we're going to move forward. Now, there are no specific steps on what's next. What I do know is there is a lot of people that are saying, maybe we just bring back the old speaker. Uh, there's also the idea of coming up with an interim speaker. That name has been Patrick McHenry in conference. And there have been many that have said that could be a possibility. This is a big setback. Now, the reason why I say this is a setback is because Tom Emmer came in. He was a speaker designee. Then he realizes he's nowhere close to getting the number of votes that he needs. So instead of going before the House floor and having another embarrassing vote, he did what was probably the most responsible thing to do, just say Screw it, I'm out. That's how we got to the point we are at right now. Kevin McCarthy on the speaker battle. He said this as now the media seems to be coalescing behind bringing McCarthy back. Listen carefully. The opposition more than the eight is others.
3: Uh, you know, I, I didn't pay attention to exactly who, how people voted. so Does it overlap with the eight? Does no, overlap with the eight? Some of the eight voted for him.
4: But isn't there a no. problem? Like, you can solve for the policy. A a big <laughs> yes, I right. would agree with you. But you can solve for the policy. You can't really solve for the personal, right? Doesn't that leave Emmer at the same impasse as everyone else?
3: Uh, I don't think so. I, I think people are tired of all this. I mean, I really go to the core. If you don't deal with the consequences of the eight who worked with all the Democrats to put it in here, putting a new person up each time, we're going to be in the same place we were before. And you got to fix that to start out with. I mean, the question earlier, are we afraid that we're at such a broken point now that some Republicans may go work with Democrats? That's already taken place. That is what put us in this place. That is why eight people, 4% of our conference, worked with every single Democrat to create the problem we're in now. So well, thank you all very much.
1: Now, Kevin McCarthy right now is probably loving this just from a vindication standpoint, that basically I can't deal with these crazies that are holding us hostage, and everybody knows that I can't deal with them. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she was asked about this, and Emmer dropping out. Here's what she said.
0: Congressman, we're live on the air right now. What do you make of this news that Tom Emmer's apparently decided to drop out?
2: Well, you know, I like Tom a lot. He's, he's a nice guy, someone I get along with, but I couldn't support him for Speaker of the House um, uh, his voting record is what turns me. He had voted against President Trump's ban on transgenders in the military. He voted for the Democrats' gay marriage bill that opens up uh, churches and other places for lawsuits if they if they use their faith and stand against it. He was for the national popular vote um, at one time, and that's that's not a movement I can support.
0: Had you communicated to him that you you're, you couldn't change your opinion, you you sort of were locked in on opposing him.
2: I, I opposed him openly in the conference, um, uh, in our roll call vote, and that was that was simple enough for me. Uh, there was more conversations that went in, went on in the conference, but um, he's dropped out now, and and I think this is good. Here's what's going on: the GOP conference is changing, and it's changing to reflect America first. Um, and Republican voters overwhelmingly support President Trump, and the GOP conference and the Speaker of the House uh, should do the same.
1: So, Major, Major Taylor Green making it clear that it's good, quote, that Tom Emmer dropped out of the Speaker's race. She would not support him. So it's clear that there was quite a few people in there that made it obvious this is not going to happen. NBC News also thrilled about this. This is how they described it on TV live as it was happening. And we now have some breaking
0: news from Capitol Hill. Three sources have confirmed NBC News that Congressman Tom Emmer has dropped out of the Speaker's race just hours after being nominated by his House Republican colleagues. Back with me now with the breaking news is NBC's Garrett. Hey, Garrett, what do you know? Well, Gabe, uh, a couple of minutes ago you asked me how long Tom Emmer would stay in this race. It looked like he didn't have the math, and the answer appears to be about four hours. Uh, That's about how long he was the Speaker-designee. The majority of that time spent in the Ways and Means committee room behind me just a few minutes ago. Emmer bolted out here with uh, some of his colleagues, didn't say a word to the cameras, and that's about the time we learned that he had disclosed in the room that he was going to be dropping out of the speaker's race. He no longer saw a path. And I think there was some acknowledgement that uh, that the Donald Trump uh, opposition to him was going to make this perhaps untenable. Some of the opposition that started the day sort of softly opposed to Tom Emmer, was going to have a very difficult time backing out. And three sources familiar with his decision tell my colleagues Ali Vitale, Rebecca Kaplan, that this Decision has been made. Emma will be out, and I can tell you, there's a physical sense of the scramble right now uh, to
1: about uh, what's going to happen next. Congress- now you, you go back to what he just said. There's a physical sense of a scramble now. I, I believe that because at this point you've got one, less than one percent of the Republican Republicans and the House side in Congress that are holding the rest hostage. And then you have, you know, rhinos that then are saying, "Okay, well, if you're going to hold us hostage, we can play that game and we will hold you hostage and go right back at you when you give somebody like Jim Jordan. I believe that Jim Jordan, to be clear, didn't have a chance. I really do. I think they had already had the fix in. They said, sure, we'll support you. Kevin McCarthy even said, hey, I'll do everything I can to get you the votes that you need. Right. It was very clear that they were acting like they were behind him. I think behind closed doors, the fix was already in. And I think Jim Jordan never had a chance. Because these Republicans can count. Now, Kevin McCarthy, uh, I'm just going to call it now, and I see this. I really do. This is my gut here. But I've been around politics for quite some time, and you can now see it's like no one can get it, so maybe do we go back to Kevin McCarthy? Now, Democrats, meanwhile, are loving this chaos. They think this is absolutely amazing. Democrats are going to seize this and say, what's the point of voting for Republicans when the Republicans can't even coalesce around a speaker, much less get anything else done? There are real things, by the way, that are not getting done right now on the speak uh, in the House. And it is a real problem now for Republicans and for conservatives. This is playing into the hands of the Democrats. You couldn't give them a better gift. So my message is simple. Get your you-know-what together. I think they go lock themselves in a room. I think you don't let anybody out. I think you make them sit on the floor of the house until we get a speaker. And you do not flinch, and you do not let them come out until they give you a speaker. Because when you allow them to leave the room and go about their business as usual and go back to the district as usual, this is what you get. You get longer term of chaos more days of chaos and anarchy that's what we are watching right now and this is by six seven eight members of congress to be clear the rest are acting like adults the others are acting like psychotic children All right, let me tell you real quick about an amazing company called Patriot Mobile. For 10 years, they have been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say only, trust me, they're the only one. Glenn and the team have been great supporters of this show, which is why I'm proud to partner with Patriot Mobile. They offer you dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding the leftist agenda. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the Sanctity of Life, Second Amendment, and our military, our veterans, and first responder heroes. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team, making switching easy. You get to keep your same cell phone number, keep your same phone that you have right now, keep your same phone, or upgrade to a new one, and their team will help you find the best plan for your needs and save you real money. You got a small business? They can cover all that as well. All you need to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash ferguson. PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson, or call them, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the promo code FERGUSON. Join me and make the switch today and protect our values and stand for them with every phone call. PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson, or 972-PATRIOT.
3: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather.
1: Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
5: VTW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: I want to get to some other news that is incredibly important. As you know, there were more illegal immigrants that came into this country this year in the fiscal 2023 year than Americans that were born this year. There is a problem with national security, a gaping vulnerability in our U.S. national security. That is now what the experts are saying about known terrorists who are coming across the southern border. This also happening is we have a major problem with obviously Hamas and hostages remain in Gaza as the IDF is prepping for an invasion there. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But before we do that, I want you to hear the new warning. Not only are terrorists coming across the southern border, but They could be planning something big listen to this the ongoing war in israel is bringing new fears to the southern border
6: crisis yes the southern border finally getting some attention from the biden administration because it has to now a border patrol memo has gone out warning that terror groups like hamas and hezbollah could be using the open border to enter the united states you know republicans on capitol hill have been saying this for two years and even longer than that because the border has needed to be fixed. But it's been wide open during this administration. And this is just how open it is. September saw the highest number of border encounters ever. Nearly 270,000 illegal immigrants tried to cross the border. We've also seen 23,000 what we call gotaways this month alone. That means they're going between the checkpoints. They don't want to be seen by the cameras. Sometimes we catch a glimpse of them. Sometimes we don't. They drop their fake IDs in the grass and they run to wherever they can get to in the United States. Former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe with this warning.
0: This operation has been planned by Hamas, Hezbollah and Iran for the better part of a year. They would have already sent their bad actors here. They would have likely taken advantage of an open border uh, under the Biden administration. There's a 7,000% increase in suspects from the terror watch list apprehended in the Biden administration versus the Trump administration.
6: Senior correspondent Casey Stegall is in focus now. Casey.
3: Yeah, Harris, this is really shocking. It's an internal memo that was put out by the CBP San Diego Field Office Intelligence Division and it warns that individuals from groups like Hamas, Hezbollah, or Palestinian Islamic Jihad may attempt travel from the Middle East and could be potentially encountered at the southwest border. In a written statement to Fox, the office that issued the alert said, and I'm quoting here, CBP has seen no indication of Hamas-directed foreign fighters seeking to make entry into the United States. However, the Situational Awareness Bulletin encourages agents to keep their eyes peeled for possible indicators, things like military-aged males, those with certain insignia patches they may be wearing, those with undetermined return plans, and people with associations to Israel, Palestinian territories, or other regional affiliations. For us to just sit there and be naive that this is not going to happen, what we're seeing overseas, it, it could not happen over here. I think well, we're in a, in a different world and we've got to secure this border. We have to make this country safe. And the news comes as record numbers of migrants continue illegally crossing into the country. What you can clearly see from this drone video shot yesterday down in Eagle Pass, Texas. It also coincides with new data released by CBP, which shows 169 people on the FBI's terror watch list were arrested at the southern border during fiscal year 2023. You compare that to 98 in 2022. And it's more than the previous six years combined. The numbers really tell the story.
1: The, f- the, the previous six years combined, the number of terrorists on the terrorist watch list that have been caught coming across to the border in the last six years do not add up to what we have dealt with already this year. This is why it is a national security issue. And it's something that every American should be losing their minds over the fact that we still right now are living in a time where we have a president that knows this and is not doing a damn thing to stop it. Now, let's also talk about the White House's response, Israel's ambassador to the U.N., has just ripped the Secretary General of the United Nations, uh, saying you've lost all morality and impartiality after he attacked Israel. Not Palestine, not Hamas, not Hezbollah. Listen to his response to what was said by the UN today. The UN is failing, and you, Mr. Secretary General, have lost all morality and impartiality. Because... When you say those terrible words, that these heinous attacks did not happen in a vacuum, you are tolerating terrorism. You are tolerating terrorism. He's absolutely right. When you look at what was said by the U.N. general, this is what he said again. And I want you to hear this. He said you cannot suffocate A people is how he described it, referring to the Palestinians and said that there is there is not justifiable collective punishment for the Palestinians based on what Hamas did. Listen to the secretary general of the U.N.
6: But the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas and those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. Excellencies, even war as rules. We must demand that all parties uphold and respect their obligations under international humanitarian law, take constant care in the conduct of military operations to spare civilians, and respect and protect hospitals, and respect the inviolability of UN facilities which today are sheltering more than 600,000 Palestinians. The relentless bombardment of Gaza by Israeli forces, the level of civilian casualties, and the wholesale destruction of neighborhoods continue to mount and are deeply alarming.
1: This UN leader is an a, a evil and sick human being. He did not, I want to make this clear, come out and condemn what happened to the Israelis. He did not come out and condemn the beheading of infants. He did not come out and condemn the killing and the capturing and the kidnapping of so many innocent people in Israel. He did not condemn the paratrooping in of these terrorists who then massacred people. There was journalists, by the way, yesterday that were invited to come, uh, and the Israeli government showed them the body cam videos and the video that was shot by Hamas of them killing and torturing the, I, I talked to one journalist who was there that said that they, they, they were physically ill and people actually had to get up and go get sick after what they were witnessing. Some had to leave the room and could not watch it because it was so barbaric. And you have a UN individual today who's in charge of the United Nations, a group that we give countless dollars to, which is, which is absurd that we even think about giving the UN money at this point who is sitting there defending the terrorists and and telling the world that Israel is the one that has to act better. Also, you noticed he was talking about attacking a hospital. He implied that the attack on the hospital actually happened by Israel when it was a Palestinian Hamas rocket that hit in the parking lot. That's how much of a, a sadistic, evil person this UN Secretary General is. What's even more disgusting than what you just heard from the Secretary General is what Anthony Blinken had to say uh, this after, uh, again, I said that Joe Biden did the right thing by going to Israel and standing by our ally. The problem is I don't believe that that is the policy of his administration. And now we're finding out, guess what? It's not the policy of the Biden administration. In fact, it's the complete opposite of that. So what did Anthony Blinken do? Immediately... Undermined Joe Biden, and honestly, I think probably Joe Biden's just fine with this. Joe Biden is a puppet. He walks up there, he says whatever he's supposed to say, or what he thinks he's supposed to say, or what they tell him to say, and then he tries to find his way off of the stage, right? The maze that he has such a hard time getting out of. So you go back to the United Nations, you go to Anthony Blinken, the guy who's really running the country with foreign policy, and listen carefully to the warnings, not to the terrorists, but the warnings to Israel. It
3: means Israel must take all possible precautions to avoid harm to civilians. It means food, water, medicine and other essential humanitarian assistance must be able to flow into Gaza and to the people who need them. It means civilians must be able to get out of harm's way. It means humanitarian pauses must be
6: considered for these purposes. And the Secretary of State appealing to the U.N. Security Council and saying that he will also talk to his counterpart, the Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi, in Washington tomorrow face-to-face to try to get Iran, to pressure Iran not to widen the war.
1: This is where we are because we have such a weak leader. I want you to hear Anthony Blinken also talking about that, where he says about Iran, take a listen. Make clear that if Iran
3: or its proxies widen this conflict, and put more civilians at risk you you will hold them accountable act as if the security and
1: stability of the entire region and beyond is on the line because it is because it is okay so let's recap that were there warnings to Hamas about treating the hostages the right way or releasing the hostages no Every warning you just heard from the United States of America at the U.N. echoed what the U.N. Secretary General said... We are going after Israel, the one who was attacked by the terrorists, and we are going to hold them accountable for their actions, even though there's been no indication that they have done anything wrong thus far and have no plans to do anything wrong. We will put out lies. What was the lie when the U.N. Secretary General implied that Israel hit a hospital? That is propaganda from the terrorists. We know that didn't happen. That line should have never, ever, ever been said. Yet, that's exactly what was said. And why was it said? It was said because of the anti-Israel, the, the, these anti-Semitic individuals that hate Israel. They just have to fake it. Every policy, by the way, that they've come up with shows that they hate Israel. And every time something horrific happens to the Israelis, what do they say? They tell the Israelis, you guys better watch your P's and Q's. You guys better pause how you respond. You guys better let the humanitarian aid in. Let me ask this question. When did Hamas let humanitarian aid come in? When were they humanitarians with 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 the babies, the infant children, whose heads they literally sawed off? When is someone going to start reminding people of what happened just a few weeks ago? This is the propaganda of the left. They hate Jewish people. You can hear it every time I play for you one of these clips. And they are sitting there and saying, well, Israel, we're watching you. Not Hamas. We're not watching. No, no, no. The other way around. Benjamin Netanyahu's spokesman had this to say after all of this anti-Semitic rhetoric was said at the United Nations listen.
6: And with us now, Tal Heinrich, spokesperson for Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Thank you very much for joining us at this hour. First, can you just give us an update of the situation? What do you anticipate happening next with all of this?
5: Well, right now we have more than 7,700 rockets that have been fired at Israeli territory since the outbreak of this war that we didn't start, the war that we didn't want. We didn't even expect. We were dragged dragged into it by the Hamas terror organization. And we, Sandra, as a nation, we have taken this very important decision that we can no longer live next to an existential genocidal threat This is the only reason why we are operating in Gaza right now. And we will bring an end to the Hamas regime in Gaza. Once we are done, they will not have any kind of governance bodies or or military wing. Uh, Hamas can simply be no longer. Israelis will be safer once Hamas is gone and Palestinians may have, might have better new opportunities.
1: The point that she just made there about those and Palestinians, and, and she's right in the way that she said it. You guys may have better opportunities if you don't lay in bed with terrorists every day and share the same buildings with them, right? This this could actually work to your advantage. If you allow us to come in and get rid of the terrorists so that you're not living with the terrorists and agreeing with the terrorist lifestyle. This is, again, not a hard equation to understand if you harbor terrorists live with terrorists support terrorists there's going to be bad things that happen to you you're not going to live in a safe area there's going to be instability in the region there's going to be instability with your life these are all things that are that again are normal if you understand basics of life now let's just go back one more time to the UN okay I want you to hear what Netanyahu's um, uh, spokeswoman had to say about what happened at the United Nations with its anti-Israel rhetoric, anti-Semitic rhetoric of the UN. Listen carefully. You know it's been a tough vote for you to win at the United Nations. It has been that way for decades. But the news that just crossed a moment ago on behalf of the UN Secretary General, I read a a lot of what he said. Uh, His last line is, the Palestinian hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing and talked about an occupation now uh, for 56 years. Uh, What is your reaction to that? And although there is a call for the Secretary
3: General to resign, in all likelihood, you should not hold your breath for that based on history uh, at the UN.
5: True. There is a very clear anti-Israel bias at the United Nations. This is nothing new. This crazy double standard. What the UN Secretary General said, that this Hamas attack, the massacre of October 7th, didn't come in a vacuum, that is mind-boggling. Can you imagine the UN Secretary General saying such a terrible sentence after the 9-11 attack, that the 9-11 attack didn't come in a vacuum? That the Pearl Harbor attack didn't come in a vacuum? That the Boko Haram kidnapping of 276 schoolgirls in Nigeria in 2014 didn't come in a vacuum? This is insane. This is insanity. The civilized world must stand with Israel in its war against terrorism. The message that a UN Secretary General must send out is that terrorism is a dead end.
1: Republicans, I want to be very clear about this, should seize this moment to denounce the United Nations, to demand the resignation uh, of the Secretary General. And and the fact that this guy got elected tells you just how evil and anti-Semitic the United Nations is. We shouldn't give another dime to the United Nations until this man is gone. What you just heard her say about, can you imagine if the U.N. would have said this after 9-11, after Pearl Harbor, About uh, after, you know, Boko Haram took those schoolgirls, it, it, it is, is not hyperbole. It's fact. Can you imagine? I can't, by the way. I cannot imagine this type of rhetoric happening after 9-11. Well, that is what Israel is dealing with. This is literally their 9-11 And now you've got the U.N. saying that the attack is, in essence, justifiable, that the attack is justifiable because uh, of how hard it's been for the Palestinians in Gaza. He's justifying the terrorism. Justifying it. Saying, well, I understand it. Well, it didn't just happen in a vacuum. So Hamas, I get why you did it. Maybe it was bad, but I understand it. That is your United Nations. God help us. But every Republican in Congress should say stop the funding until this person and anyone that agrees with him at the United Nations in leadership is gone, period. Don't forget, share this podcast, please, and write us a five-star review. Share it on social media, wherever you can. We will keep bringing you this news that others refuse to cover. Uh, And also, don't forget to tell your family and friends uh, about this podcast to help us grow. We greatly appreciate it. We'll keep bringing you breaking news on this. I promise you. See you back here tomorrow.
4: Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway.